Guys, I just want to invite you as we continue with the service this morning to just, to just pray for the person that word was for. And maybe it's for you. And I want to invite you to have a gift. Those of you who have a gift to pray in the Spirit, just be praying in the Spirit for God to complete the work that He's doing in the lives of the people in this room. Because this morning we're talking about parenting. Before we get into that, I want to just announce a couple of things to you guys just to keep in the back of your minds and to pray about one of them is coming up here in a couple of weeks. On the 22nd, we're going to have a special meeting in here in the auditorium for people who are interested in finding out more about how to support foster parents and adoptive parents and how to support foster children and children who need adopted now, this meeting is for anyone, and lunch is provided, okay? There's a sign-up sheet out in the lobby for you to sign up if you want to be here. That's just to make sure we have a sub sandwich for you to eat um, when you're here. But we're, start, we're launching a foster and adoptive ministry here at Four Points because we believe that that's something God has called us to do. And God may call, some of you are foster parents, and some of you are adoptive parents, God might be calling you to be a foster parent or an adoptive parent. God may be calling you to come alongside and support a foster parent or an adoptive parent. There's a lot of ways to get involved, and I would just love to see you guys here on the 22nd for lunch right after the second service. The second is this, guys. We are in desperate need of volunteers in our kids' ministry. <laughs> how many of you came in the back door and saw how many kids we have in this church? <laughs> we have a lot. A lot of children in this church, guys, and I want you to pray about it. God may, want, God may want to use your gifts to really bless our kids, right? And you may feel like, I don't know what I have to offer those kids. I do. Jesus. Jesus in and through you. So we really, really need volunteers because we have a lot of kids, and I just want to encourage you uh, to just go out to the lobby and just show that interest, and we would love to get you trained and involved and, uh, and helping us with our kids. Amen? Amen? So this is the last sermon in a series we've been doing called The Daily Grind. In The Daily Grind, we've just been talking about how we live out our faith on a day-to-day -day basis. And we've talked about all kinds of things. Last week, we talked about marriage, how to have a good and godly marriage. This week, we're talking about parenting. How many of you are parents? How many of you have parents? <laughs> Everybody. Um, who knows that parenting is hard? Parenting is very hard. Listen, I remember before Corey and I had children, um, we read books about being parents. You know, especially Corey. My wife was definitely the expert. I just basically learned whatever she told me um, was in those books. But man, I just felt so confident that I was going to be the best dad the world had ever seen, right? I mean, I had seen it done right, and I learned from it, and I'd seen it done wrong, and I was like, surely I'll never behave that way. <laughs> and then I became a parent, <laughs> right? And sometimes I got it right many times. I got it wrong. Many times I've become the thing I didn't want to be. Many times I've gotten frustrated and acted in a way that I never wanted to act. Parenting is very, very difficult. When you become a parent, you realize how hard it can be. I would say this, most parents I know, despite what your Facebook and Insta says, are struggling at parenting. 
It's a learning experience. And as your kids get older, it changes, doesn't it? What it means to be a parent. So you, I mean, you never get to graduate. And then when you're a grandparent, you know, your kids are going to do it different than you. And you're going to be like, but I thought I'd learned it all, right? I'm, surely I have it right now, but we never are experts at parenting. We're always growing at it. And the Bible actually says a lot about parenting. So let's jump in. Matthew chapter 6, verse 7 says this. And when you pray, this is Jesus instructing believers on how to pray. When you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. That's when you and I pray fancy. Don't be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. How's that? I mean, God is aware, right? Galatians 4, 6. Because you are his sons and daughters, God sent the spirit of sonship into our hearts and the spirit within us calls out Abba, Father, which is Aramaic, Jesus' native tongue, Aramaic for daddy. Ephesians 5, 1 through 2 says this, Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children. We talked about this verse last week. And walk in the way of love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. The first thing I want us to notice when we jump into a teaching on parenting is that God is a father. God is a parent. God wants to be a parent. He didn't have to be. God could have made a world full of people that were his slaves and it wouldn't have been wrong. God could have made a world full of people who just did his bidding. And that wouldn't have been wrong, right? I mean, he's God. But God made a world and he put us in it and he calls us sons and daughters and calls himself a father. You got to pause and think about that for a moment. Sometimes we think that if we had all the power in the universe and more, I mean, would, would we choose to be a parent? Would we choose to use all of that power, all of that authority and dominion to be a father to a people who sometimes do right and more times than not do wrong? It's who God is. And if God called you to have kids, not everybody is called to have children. And there's something in this message for you if God hasn't called you to that. And we'll get into that. But if God has called you to have kids, it's because he's a father. It's not just about our kids. It's not just about us. It's primarily about learning about who God is. God wants us to be parents because he wants us to learn something of his heart. He wants us to learn something about his demeanor. He wants us to know something about how he views us. God designed parenthood so we would understand the nature of his love for us. That's why we're parents. The goal of parenting is to give our kids a clearer picture of what it means for them to have God as their heavenly father. What a task. So we have a, 
responsibility to learn something. When we're parents, we learn about who God is because he's our father, but we also have a responsibility to parent our children in a way that shows them who God is. Because listen, how you and I parent our children will affect how they view God. I see this time and again. People who grow up in homes without a dad really struggle to understand what it means to have God as a father. Children who grow up in a home with an abusive dad have a really hard time understanding. You see, if if your dad stood over you and called you a disappointment, you probably feel like you're a disappointment to God, don't you? You probably feel like if your dad said you're a screw-up, all you do is screw up, you probably have a hard time approaching God without feeling like you're a screw-up and like you're not good enough. But God wants us through his word to have a clear picture of who he is as a father. And he wants us to be a father and mother to our children that reflects who he is. So that our kids can grow up with a healthy understanding of who God is. The first point I want to make today before we jump into this is this. Every child is a gift. Every child is a gift. Listen to Psalm 127 verse 3. Children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. So this verse is telling us that children are a blessing, that God brings children into our lives, that it's like an archer whose quiver, that's just the thing that holds the arrows It's full of arrows. And as parents, what we do is we raise our kids up and we launch them out into the world to do the work of God in the world. And it's a blessing to have children. This is about kids that you planned and prayed for, guys. You planned, maybe prayed for your kids and God brought them into your life. That's what this is talking about. This is is about a child that you waited a long time for. Maybe went through a whole process. Maybe you had to get medical help even to have a child. This is the child that God is talking about here. Maybe it's a child you're still waiting for. Every child is a blessing. God may also speak to you today concerning a child that's not yours, but a child for whom you have influence. Right? This could be a niece or a nephew or a grandchild. Or Godchild, or maybe even a student, teachers, or a friend of one of your kids. Every child is a blessing. This is also about a child you didn't plan for. Right? Maybe you have a child, you didn't expect that to happen. Right? But that child is a blessing from the Lord. It's about a child you had outside of marriage. You think just because you had a child outside of marriage, that's not God's blessing on you? Every child is a blessing. It's about a child that maybe you foster or adopt from a broken situation. Every child. That doesn't mean that the decisions that we make as parents or the decision we made about when to have a child was the right one. 
But a child is a ray of light and a blessing from God, even in the midst of a broken situation. One of my children I adopted out of foster care from a, from a very broken situation. And I guarantee you that God had nothing to do with the decisions that her parents made. But God rescued her from that, and she's a blessing. The world would be at a loss without her. God often uses children to redeem bad and sinful decisions. Don't, don't ever, don't ever blame a child for a bad decision or something bad maybe that happened to you. Every child in your life is a responsibility and a blessing. And a blessing sometimes in the midst of difficult circumstances. And if we're going to be effective as parents, we need to remember three truths. We need to know, we need to teach, and we need to train our children. We need to know, we need to teach, and we need to train our children. So what does it mean to know your child? Well, who are they? That's the great thing about every individual person is that God created every person in his image. But every person is different. Kids are different. If you have more than one child, right, you know that. Your kids are not the same. You can't encourage them the same way. You can't discipline them the same way. They're different. Corbin and Silas could not be more different from one another. And the time that I spend with them is time doing different things. And when I correct them, it has to be done in a different way. They don't speak the same language. Our kids are not meant to be our mini-me's. Now, we enjoy that, right? We love it when somebody's like, man, he looks just like you. That's great. That's a blessing. Right? Or she acts just like her mama. Right? That's a blessing. We enjoy that, but God didn't create our children to be just that. God created our children with a purpose in their individuals. So you and I, if we're going to know our children, we need to slow down in our pace of life to take an interest in them. We have to find out what their interests are. We have to take into account their personality. Sometimes I'm riding in the van and my kids are talking in the back, my younger two, and I'm like, that is the most nonsensical stuff I've ever heard anyone ever talk about. <laughs> that, is just, that is just crazy. I feel like I'm burning brain cells listening to it. But if we're going to know our kids, we got to get on their level. You know what that means? When our kid comes up and he's talking about his Hot Wheel car, we have to be like, yeah, buddy, why don't, why don't you show me that again? Right? Or when our daughter comes out and she's dressed up like it's, you know, frozen, you know? As a dad, you don't, you know, you don't relate to that. I don't think, right? <laughs> you might. Um, but we take an interest in that, right? Why, why is she doing that? Because she wants to be beautiful. She wants to be important. She wants to be powerful. Baby, when I see you like that, I just, just reminds me how beautiful you are, how much, how much potential you have. What was it about that movie you really liked? You see, when we ask questions like that, we learn about our kids. We learn about what they're thinking about. We learn about what matters to them. 
We can be really quick as parents sometimes to dismiss our kids. You know, our kids come home from school and they had a problem and we think, oh, I'm an adult. I know how to handle that problem. Here's how you handle it. But our kids are growing up. They don't know that. We still have to take time to listen to what happened. We still have to take time to listen to how they feel about it. Even if as adults we can say things like, oh, you got to just let that roll off, buddy. Just let it roll off. It took me 40 years to learn how to let something roll off. Right? Our kids, they're not there yet. We have to be intentional because we can't guide a child if we don't understand them. We can't guide a child if we don't understand them. We have to take time to listen to our kids, spend time doing the stuff with them that they like to do. And guys, I know it's hard. I fail at this all the time. But it's when we do that that we find out what's going on in their heart. And when we know what's going on in their heart, then we can lead their heart. We can show them how to get from point A to point B. But we have to know what point A is. And we only know that by spending time, quality time, with our kids. What can happen is if we dismiss our kids and we grow up just feeding our kids and paying for the stuff that they need, is we can start trying to create our kids in our image. I can't tell you when I was a college and young adult minister how much of a battle it was for kids to feel like they could be something other than what their parents told them to be. God doesn't want your kids to be you. You and I are a picture of who God is to our children, but they are individual people and God has an individual call on their lives. Sometimes when I'm at a soccer game, my kids play soccer. I love soccer, you know? But you can tell, can you tell when a parent is living vicariously through their child? <laughs> Come on, man! Come on! You know, you, you'd think that dad messed up because the kid did. But to some parents, it feels that way. And that's because you're trying to make your child in your image. Right? Don't live your dreams through your kids. Let your kids live their own dreams. Because God has a call on them. So what we have to do as parents, number one is we have to know our child. We have to be intentional to slow down. We have to listen to them when they talk so that we can find out maybe how God is leading them and we can help push them forward into what God has for them. It's difficult because we're so busy. Usually when my kids want to talk to me about something, I have a bazillion other things on my mind. And to me, they're more important. But are those things really more important than my kids? I don't think so. Right? So I'm preaching to you, but I'm preaching to me. Hear that, okay? We need to know our kids. Secondly, we need, you need to teach your child. Listen to Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your strength. These commands that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road or drive to school. When you lie down and when you get up, tie them as symbols on your hands, bind them on your foreheads, write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Right, what the author of Deuteronomy is, is not saying here is that we all need to have, you know, some kind of what would Jesus do bracelet. That's not what he's, he's talking about here. He's talking about in Jewish culture, there were certain things that they did 
to remind themselves that God was near. And there were certain things that they did, like writing things on the door frames of their houses, so that their family were, was reminded about how God was involved in their lives. So, so how can you and I do it? What are the things we can do to train our children? How can we teach our children about who God is? You know, for me, a lot of times, it's just driving to school. When I'm driving my boys to school in the morning, that's when we talk about stuff. How's it going? How's your relationship with God? How's your testimony at school? Now, it's not, as much as tempting as it is, it's not a preaching opportunity. It's a listening opportunity. And an opportunity to share with my kids, well, you know, I approach God this way. Or when I'm going through that, I think of God this way. It might be a family devotion time. That's a great way to teach your kids. You know, and if you feel condemned because you haven't sat your kids down and done that, read the Bible together, just do it today. You don't have to think about the past. And if days and weeks go by and you didn't do it, you forgot to, don't, feel, don't walk in condemnation, just do it. Just spend some time with them. Open up, and don't read them a chapter, guys. They ain't going to understand that. You know, pick out one or two verses and just read it to them. And then say, what do you think about that? Prayers before bed. This is something we do sometimes, right? You know, we pray for our kids to sleep well. We pray for God to protect them and for them to have a good day tomorrow. Sometimes it's good to ask your kids this. What do you think we should pray about? You can get some valuable information from that. And then teach your kids to pray with you. Sometimes for you, it might be praying before dinner. Listen, you don't have to pray before dinner. God knows whether you're thankful or not, right? But sometimes that's a way that we, tra- we teach our kids about who God is. And we teach our kids, you know, to be, to be grateful. The most effective way to teach your child is by living out an example in front of them. Sometimes we have hopes and desires for our kids and their walk with God. But the question is, are you living those yourself? Because our children are going to watch how we live more than they're going to hear what we say. Let me give you an example, right? How often are you at church? Now, I know when you're not here, you've got good reasons, right? And there are, there are, good, re- you don't have, you know, there are good reasons to miss church, right? But how often? And you can tell your kids, hey, we're not going, you know, today because... We just had a really long day yesterday, or the, the weather is really cruddy outside. Or, but you know what happens? Your kid puts in the back of their mind, cruddy weather and a busy Saturday is an okay reason not to go to church. They, they see it. Now, I'm not speaking condemnation here, guys. I'm with you. But our kids are watching how we live. They watch how we react to people. They, they notice whether we read our Bibles, right? They can go to VBS and hear, read your Bible. You know what your kids are going to do when they go to VBS and they hear, read your Bible? They're going to come home and see what you do. Do you do it? Well, mom and dad are fine Christians. They don't read their Bibles. It's okay. It's okay for me not to do it. If you and I make excuses, they will too. This is why so many kids walk away from their faith in college, They saw dad put so much into his career that he didn't put enough into his faith and family. 
And even though dad said, I want this to be important to you, they go to college and they just go to school and they don't connect with a the community there. And then when they don't have a community to connect to, they don't have anyone helping them walk through those choices. And they're making some of the tough, toughest decisions ever. It's the same with the workforce. Not all of our kids go to college. You know, your, your kid starts going to work and being involved in a job, they're going to hear all kinds of things. But did you and I set an example of what it means to be a part of a godly community so that we have people helping us because you guys help me and so that they will have someone helping them, right? We have to live the faith that we desire our kids to have. Do you want your child to grow up and have a faith in Jesus? Then you got to live it where they can see it. So we need to know our child and teach our children. We also need to train our children. Train your child. Here's what our culture teaches us about kids. That kids are pure. That kids' motives are right. That our kids will tell us how they need to be let. Guys, there's not a bigger piece of garbage out there. We talked about it last week, right? Kids are born sinners. They need guidance. Kids are born with a desire to survive. That's it. We have to teach our kids to love others. We have to teach our kids to put others ahead of themselves. I saw this video a few weeks ago, and I thought it was just hilarious. I thought it was just the cutest video I ever saw, an example of this. And the video is an adorable five-year-old boy talking to his mom about girls. Watch this video. <laughs> She really don't. She do. So she wasn't the first one. James, nobody look. You a five-year-old kid. You don't have to worry about no Bianca. Yes, I do. She my girl. She James. my girl, bro. That's all right. First of all, no. That's all right, James, first. That's all right. That's all right, mom. First of all, don't, don't call me your bro. Second of all, James, look, cause now you. <laughs> I love that video, guys. Mommy, you're tripping. That's my girl on life, right? Because kids think they got it figured out the same way we do, right? But she's being a terrific mama. She's being playful, right? But she's talking to her son a little bit about girls, you know, because little boys get interested in little girls, stuff like that. <laughs> Have you ever had your kids treat you like you're tripping? <laughs> they may not use those terms, right? But our kids don't always agree with us. But listen, for, for real, though, our kids need our guidance. The worst thing you can do is teach your children to follow their natural inclinations, because the worst thing you and I can do is follow our natural inclinations. Because our natural inclinations are selfish and sinful. It takes work to do the right thing, guys. It takes right to, to keep our hearts on track with the gospel and who Jesus is. So we, we have to teach our kids. Listen to Proverbs chapter 13, verse 24. Whoever spares the rod hates their children. But the one who loves their child is careful to discipline them. There are some very important things need clarified in this passage, okay? Number one, this passage is not talking about getting a stick and beating your kids with it, okay? 
It's not what this passage is talking about. It's talking about, it's referencing a, a Hebrew shepherd's staff. Have you ever seen a shepherd's staff? The kind of staff that a shepherd uses to guide sheep. Now, don't get me wrong. Sometimes the shepherd does whack that sheep. Okay? But along with that, that shepherd's staff is used to, to hook on to a, a sheep and pull it in the right direction. Or to stick out that staff and say, okay, back this way. Right? To, to give guidance. And that staff, by the way, is also for beating wolves. So there's a lot of things this rod is about. And that's why it says to be careful to discipline your children. If you're just beating on your kids, you're not being careful. And you're not being a good parent. Now, there are appropriate times, guys, to give your children a spanking, in my view. And you're okay to, dis it's okay if you disagree with me. Right? There's appropriate times. In our home, we, drew, we draw a line between, uh, between disobedience and just bad behavior. Defiance. When my kids were little, they got a swat. When there was defiance. When there was, yes, dad, I heard what you said, but I ain't doing it. That's defiance. You know, and if we can lead our kids with reason and with love, then we do that. But if, if they resort back to, the, to very fundamental authority, then there's appropriate time and in the right way with your own children. Right? Don't beat your children with a stick. You know, when I had to give my kids spankings, I would send them to their room to think about it, and then I would go in. I didn't say this hurts you, me more than it hurts you, because that wasn't true, actually. Um, it, did, it does hurt them worse. And I get what you're saying there, but I used my hand because I needed to feel how hard I was doing it, for one thing. Right? When you use an object, you don't always know how hard you're doing it. Right? I'm not speaking condemnation, guys. I'm just giving advice. All right? So there's an appropriate time, but what I've learned as a parent is that more times than not, there's usually another way. There's usually another way to do it. Right? With bad behavior, a lot of times what kids need is just training. You know, being a parent is, is keeping a watchful eye over our kids, being careful. When we discipline our kids, we need to understand why they did what they did. And if you're angry, guys, don't spank your kids in anger. And, and my kids have gotten me so mad I wanted to kill them, okay? I'm with you. But send your kid to their room, and you take some time to get a breather. And to think about it. Is this the right thing to do? Why did they do that? What's, what's going on? Do they need a spanking, or do they need me to sit down and talk to them about this? Right? And it's important that we think about that. It's important that we, that we lay boundaries for our kids. That's part of training our children. Right? Social media. Media. My kids get mad at me all the time because I don't let them on stuff on the phone sometimes. My kids are not on social media. They're not old enough. There's too much junk for them to find. And I know that when I was a kid, I found all the junk I could get my hands on. I'm just assuming they're like me, right? We have to be careful by laying boundaries, friendships. Your kid doesn't have to be close friends with everyone. 
right? It's okay for you to, 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 to spot bad influences and not allow your kids to be around them. Something I'm very careful about is sleepovers. About every bad thing I ever learned, I learned at a sleepover. <laughs> Are you with me? Right? Learn all kinds of stuff. You know, so it has to be someone that I really know and trust. You know, our kids slept over at the Barnett's house this weekend, but I, I know Austin and Angela. You know, I know that they raise their kids the way that I do. And when kids sleep over at our house, I say, leave the phones in the kitchen. Right? I cut, I cut off that access to things that they could that they could just, in their natural inclinations, get in trouble with. We want to have fences. Let me give you an illustration. Let's just, let's just say your backyard had a 50-foot drop-off at the end of it. Big enough drop-off your kid could get hurt. Is your child more or less free when you put a fence around your yard? Some would say that a fence is always limiting. Right, but if that fence is keeping our children from running off a cliff in the backyard or falling off on accident, that fence actually provides them a lot more freedom to play and to run and to live in safety. And that's what we do when we lay boundaries for our kids. It's how, it's how we parent. Shepherds shoot wolves. That's one of the reasons you have a staff. You know, get the things out of your home that can be a stumbling block to your kids. Keep people away from your kids who can be a stumbling block to your kids. That doesn't mean that you don't reach out to a kid who's got issues. It just means that you're watchful and you're careful and you're intentional. You cannot be your child's friend. You can't be their parent and their friend. We have to lead our children down the right paths even if they don't understand and even if it makes them frustrated with us. Sometimes we try too hard to be our kids' friends. Sometimes we just can't stomach it when our kids say, I don't like you. But if we're going to be good parents, then we have to be okay with that. As long as we're sure that we're making the right decision, then it's okay. Chrissy one time in her bedroom got really mad at us. We sent her to her room. Like she was just upset. And I heard her outside of the door. She goes, <laughs> that's what she says. She says, I have this beautiful picture of my family hanging on the wall. And she's talking about us. And now I'm going to have to throw it in the trash. <laughs> she probably thought I would cry. I was laughing my head off. But that's a child's understanding, right? We have to lead our children. We can't always be their best friend. Our kids will probably thank us later for raising them right. They may not. Correction isn't fun for anyone, but it's necessary. Listen to Proverbs 3 verse 11 says this, My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father, the son or daughter he delights in. See, God is a father. We experience his correction, but we need to be thankful for it. Because when God brings correction into our lives, it's to keep us on the right path or to bring us back to the right path. Because we are loved by God, we are also trained and, connect, and corrected by him. So training involves discipline. If you're gonna train your children, you have to discipline them. The New Testament also says some things about parenting. Listen to Ephesians chapter six, verse one. 
Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Colossians 3.20 has the same statement. Children, obey your parents in everything. For this pleases the Lord. Do not embitter your children or they will become discouraged. You see, God is, is, he wants us to lead our children, but he wants us to understand our children. He wants us to be careful in the way that we discipline and lead our children. We, we can't be lazy. When we correct our kids and we train our kids, we need, we need to, to get down to their level to see what they're seeing. But then we have to stand back up again and see the things that they can't see yet. But we have to do both if we're going to do it right. We need to distinguish between disobedience and childish behavior. Sometimes we discipline kids for stuff that they're just, they're just learning how to do it. Right? You know, don't cry over spilt milk. You know, that's an accident. We don't have to discipline our kids when they spill something. Right? We need to be able to identify when something is an opportunity for training more than it's an opportunity for discipline. Let me give you another example. My wife and I took our family to um, a crew conference and uh, where I was speaking there and the kids were having a good time and the college students had a dance party that night. And so we showed up for the dance party. My boys didn't dance at all. They just ate um, lots and lots of food. But Corey and I are standing there and we look out and we see, we see our daughters, Chrissy and Aya, out there on the dance floor twerking. Like... They look like Beyonce out there, you know what I'm saying? And we, <laughs> we I didn't teach them that, right? I mean, I don't, I don't know, you saw my best attempt just then. We didn't teach them that. That was stuff they learned before they came into our home, right? But that wasn't an opportunity for discipline. That was an opportunity to say, ladies, 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 ladies. All right, we're not gonna dance like that, okay? Let me show you how to dance. Mom will show you how to dance. <laughs> we need to show and train our kids to understand grace. You know, the same way you and I receive grace from God when we screw up, sometimes we have to give grace to our kids when they screw up. There doesn't always have to be correction. Sometimes there can just be like, listen, don't, don't do that again, right? Let's, let's, let's move on from that. When I was a kid one time, as I was getting bigger, probably about the age of Corbin and Silas, my mom was giving me a spanking. And she liked the wooden spoon. Has anybody ever seen those? Has anybody ever felt one of those? Talk about the sting. But I was, man, my mom had me and she, you know. My mom used to spank me in syllables. Don't you ever, ever do that again, right? Um, and I used to get that. This time I, I didn't cry at all. I was being tough, man. My mom was spanking me and I, I laughed at her. Oh, yeah. Oh, I laughed at her, all right. And uh, she started crying. She says, you go to your room right now. I'm calling your dad. So I went to my room. I'm like, okay, mom's calling dad. What's going to happen? So a few minutes go by, and I hear my dad's Jeep coming down the road. And when my dad hit the curb, he caught air. I mean, like, and I'm just looking at the blinds like, oh, man, you know? So I ran over and locked the door. <laughs> He was out there, Philip Ross, you better open this door right now. 
I was over in a corner, boy. I was not about to unlock that door. I will take this doorknob apart, you know. I'm not moving, right? <laughs> I'm just sitting there. My dad takes that doorknob apart. He comes in, he comes across the room and I'm cowered over there in the corner and he just looks at me and then he smiles at me and he says, boy, you knew it was about to happen, right? Yep. Don't ever do that again. Okay, yes, sir. And he walked out. You know, my dad's a loving dad, but that was grace. I deserved correction, right? But I learned about grace. Because Look at me, I'm standing up here talking about it today. Our kids need to know that we love them no matter what. Don't ever let your child feel like your love for them is conditional. Remember we talked about home being a safe place last week in our marriage, our marriages being a safe place. Our kids need that too. When your kids grow up, guys, and, they, and, and if they start making bad decisions, don't ever tell them they can't come home. And maybe you've done that, call them. You know, and there are, there are boundaries, guys, where maybe a kid is in a dangerous situation and there's, there's, there's things like drugs and crime and things happen and, and you have to have different boundaries in that type of a situation, but you, they always need to know that they have a home, that they have parents who love them. Let home be a safe place for your kids. Don't forget that God is always gracious to you too, though. He sees you and I when we mess up as parents. And he's gracious. Sometimes my prayer is this, God, just, you know, fix all the stuff I've done wrong, (laughs) right? And maybe that's your prayer. God will answer that prayer. He will answer that prayer. He knows your heart. He loves you. He loves your kids. And God is also gracious, but don't be afraid to apologize. One of the best things you can do as a parent is apologize. When, when, when Phil has those moments where I get really frustrated at my kids and I raise my voice at them and I walk away and a few minutes later, I'm sitting there thinking, man, I could have, I could have handled that differently. That's when we need to go up to the room and we need to sit down and say, son, daughter, the way you acted was not right. And the consequence for what you have done stands. But I want to apologize to you for the way I treated you. As a father, I could have done better. And I want you to know. Because the way I acted might make you feel like I don't love you. But I want you to know that I do. It's okay to apologize, guys. It doesn't take your leadership away. In fact, it gives you more leadership with your children. Training involves understanding. We have to understand our kids and we have to show them grace. Let's read one more passage. Proverbs chapter 22 says this, verse five. In the paths of the wicked are snares and pitfalls, but those who would preserve their life stay far from them. Start children off on the way they should go. And even when they are old, they will not turn away from it. Isn't this a great promise? Right now, remember when we talked about studying our Bibles, the Proverbs 
our, our advice based upon godly wisdom. So when we read this, this is not a promise that our kids will not make bad choices. This is not a promise that our kids will not go through pain. It's not, but what it is is a promise that when you and I are faithful to plant the seed, the seed is there, right? You may be looking at your adult children right now thinking, I don't see the seed. If you, the seed is there. And what we're doing as parents when we teach and train and know them is we're planting seeds because God created them free just like he created you free. Our kids grow up and they start making their own choices and we can't control that, can we? Sometimes we want to. We want to experience their pain for them. We want to change maybe a decision that they've made and we can't. But listen, God is with our kids no matter what they're going through. And even when our kids are rebellious, God has not forgotten them. In the seeds that we plant, we can trust that God is working. Listen, God is more aware of our kids than we are. He's always working because training involves trusting. As our kids get older, we have to trust God more and more. Age requires us to take our hands off more and more. And we just have to trust and believe. And sometimes, guys, we're, just, we're, we're resigned to just pray, aren't we? Just to pray for our kids. But God hears your prayers. Your prayers matter to God. God is working. God will never abandon our children. But life is a process of growing in our understanding of who God is. And it takes time and experience. It's taken us time and experience to get to know God. There's still things we have to learn. Our kids are the same way. Time and experience is going to teach them about who God is. Our job is to make home a safe place. Because we're always safe with Jesus, aren't we? Always takes us back. Always there when we need him. So God wants us to know our kids, to teach our kids, and to train our kids. So here's, here's the invitation. Maybe you really struggle with understanding God as a father. Maybe it's because your father was abusive. Maybe it's because your father wasn't there. Maybe it's because your father was busy, too busy. God wants you to know that's not who he is this morning. He's not too busy. He's not absent. He's right here, right now. And today might be the day for you to finally surrender your life to Jesus and to begin to experience even more fully the fatherly love of who God is. Maybe today you need someone to pray with about helping you become a more intentional parent. That's why we have community, guys. Because we all fall short. We have each other. Maybe you need to go to the prayer area and just and say, hey, man, you know, that message was convicting. There's some things God wants me to change in my parenting. We pray for me that God would just, we're not, we're not going to judge you. Or maybe you just need to look over at the person sitting right next to you and say, hey, pray for me right? Maybe you need someone to pray with you about your children. Maybe your children are going through a rough patch. 
Maybe one child in particular is going through a rough patch. Maybe you just need to go to the prayer room and have someone pray with you about that or pray with the person sitting next to you. Or maybe you need to go back to the cross at the back of the room and and just write a child's name on that card and just pin it up on the cross and give them to Jesus because you don't have control anymore, but God is not absent. And just write that name down and pin it on the cross as a prayer. Like, God, I don't have control anymore, but I trust and I believe that you're working in the life of my child. God always wants us to be better. And the good thing is he's always working to make us better. God hasn't given up on us. It's not about the past, is it? It's about the future. It's not about the mistakes we've made. It's about who are we going to be today. And who God wants us to be today is victorious victorious. Let's pray. Father, thank you for being such a good father to us. God, help us to be the parents you called us to be. God, help our kids. We just pray for your blessing on our children. God, that they would grow up to be mighty men and women of God. We pray for your protection. We pray for your nearness. We pray that they would be aware of you. God, we trust our lives and our families to you. And you're a good, good father. In Jesus' name, amen.